ADT professionally installs Google Nest products, helping to make your home safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security system from virtually anywhere. And with Nest Cams and Nest Doorbell, you get intelligent alerts on what matters most. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. It's time to kick off your week with another episode of the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's seven, and we're coming at you live from Cloud9's RLCS Victory Party. Yeah, that that's one that we uh, we weren't expecting at all, and no. we uh, we delayed the show because we kept watching it. We couldn't move. We couldn't even like write show notes. We were just glued to the TV. I'm telling you, Rocket League, some good stuff this week. Lucio's dropping some new beats. Defron can't decide if he's actually in the Overwatch League. Blizzard asks Riot to hold their beer when it comes to discrimination, and Diablo drags down Activision stock prices. But first, it's rain and blue and black confetti, which means the impossible has happened. In the Rocket League Championship Series Grand Finals in Vegas, it was Cloud9 with the upset win against two-time defending champions Dignitas. Not only did Cloud9 come out of the loser's bracket, they reset, winning 6-2 to two total... Or sorry, eight to two total. Math is hard. <laughs> Are you excited? I mean, I know this is a hard question to ask you because it's like, do you cheer against Dignitas just because they're Dignitas, but you're also a Cloud9 fan? But I don't think any of us predicted this was going to happen. I mean, historically, I've, I've cheered for Dignitas to win because I think they're they're incredibly good players. But uh, we had talked about, like, was is there anybody that could possibly do it? And Cloud9 wasn't even mentioned. Well, not even our, on that list. Uh, right. So uh, I think when I when I walked in the door it, we were it was going on and we we're like holy crap this is this is actually this is this could happen this and it happened happen. it happened for real it was amazing like the the technical ability of just cloud nine and some of what they what they're able to pull off was just ridiculous i mean north america first title in the rlcs since, since season, season one, one yeah which is just nuts not only did Cloud9 beat Dignitas, but Cloud9 whooped the living crap out of Dignitas. It looked like they traded places. It's like a bad 80s movie. It was. Uh, there were. <laughs> it was. Uh, my favorite quote, I think, at one point in time was uh, near the end, maybe like the next to last match, or might have even been the last one, where they just kept going right off of right off of kickoff scoring. They were like, we don't know if just both teams are so incredibly good at kickoff that that's happening, or right now they're just so off their game that they're able to score on kickoff so quickly because it was about a minute and ten seconds left in that final game. And we were like, yeah, Cloud9's got it. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't. And then within like 30 seconds, like four goals were scored or something crazy. Yeah, it was insane. There was a point where Cloud9 got ahead, and they literally did not know what to do with themselves. They were head in hands as if they were losing because they were just so blown away that they were beating Dignitas as badly as they were. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like like I mentioned, Torment came out of nowhere on some stuff. Uh, it always seemed like if if the ball went off the, the, the backboard there, he was right there to catch it. 
Uh, and then I think we saw a squishy with just some crazy, just like straight at the goal last I mean, minute. He told me he had word.exe on his computer and it was making him a better <laughs> Rocket League player. I would totally believe you. I actually like that. I like that. Uh, I don't know what it would be for Rocket League. What what you would call what What program would you call it? Clippy. Clippy.exe. Clippy. There we there go. Cl- go. Clippy got in there and he was like, boom, double tap. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. Uh, so... Uh, question for you because we've we've historically joked about riot games the 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 pluralized version of games but now it's come out that riot has filed a long list of trademarks according to the trademark database justia uh, for something called legends of runeterra now we've heard rumors of everything from a mobile game to an mmo this one seems to be set somewhere within league of legends land uh what do you think riot has in store man for their sake, it better be a mobile game. And I know that's crazy to say. I don't think it's an MMO. I think if you have to follow up League of Legends in a, with a genre that is going to be better than every other game in the genre, you do not go up against Blizzard. Like, right. that just seems silly. I know there's been rumors of a fighting game. I would like to see it maybe... But the studio that Riot bought years and years ago that I think is what all triggered these rumors was not exactly like the epitome of fighting game development. I think Tencent would want them to make a mobile game. We have seen this pressure. We've talked about right. this a bit with Diablo. I am pretty positive that this is some mobile experience, whether it is exclusively to mobile or has mobile in some way. It'll be some sort of like RPG, something maybe even along the lines of Diablo. But... I. I don't know. I'm glad something seems like something is finally coming, at least. My worry is that with Legends of Runeterra, that it's going to be something uh, sort of like champion-based, lore-based. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's not a, a card game. It very oh, well could God, be. It could be. It could. Oh, it could. Soul. So think about it. They would, they would not cannibalize their current audience. They would go down the artifact route. I don't know how well anybody really wants to see that. But they've actually filed nine different trademarks. That's more than they actually have for League of Legends itself. And it's they've ranged anywhere from merch to esports to gaming software, computer software. It, well, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where this lands. We've seen them try a couple things. We've, we've again, we've, we've mentioned um, uh, even so, like a fighting game could be doable. Maybe. I just I, don't know how many people would flock to a Riot-made fighting game. I, I don't either, but they're, they, we know that they're reusing th- that IP, right, because of Runeterra. Well, name. as they should. And they yeah. spent a lot of time over the last few years actually putting lore to it. Right. Because previously, you know, League of Legends had a joke as far as plot and lore was concerned. And they definitely fleshed that out. To tie it to that universe would make me believe it has to be something beyond just a fighting game. I don't know that Riot is as good at storytelling as Blizzard is, that they could pull off like an Overwatch-style situation where the game isn't necessarily itself very story-driven, but still be able to build a story around that. But maybe they'll prove me wrong. They do make amazing video content. Yeah. Well, I mean, it may be a a while until this is out, right? I mean, they're just not filing for trademark, which means they don't want to get it out there before some... They want to get it locked down before somebody else... Get just when, if it's a mobile game, just make sure you tease League of Legends 2 with a logo. There you go, the right at the end. Oh, man. Daniel DeFran, Francesca, Francesca said that he's still part of... <laughs> Can we Over- just call him Francesca I from now on? Should. So Francesca has said that he's still part of the Overwatch League team Atlanta Reign on Thursday after initially posting a contradictory tweet 
So the controversial Overwatch streamer was announced as part of the Atlanta-based roster back in October. Uh, he was signed to the team for 10 whole days before he posted on Twitter that he was leaving the team. He says, the end, I hate the game. Thought I could love it again and have a passion, but it's impossible. I always end up throwing contract ended, Overwatch uninstalled, McDonald's, here I come. This is what happens when you give people 280 characters. Uh, but today he says, nope, still on a contract. Is he the new XQC? Is Atlanta going, what the hell? Or is this just like all part of a publicity stunt to get people to pay attention to the team? No, this is Franny at his best, man. I, like, <laughs> this is... We called this. We called this. As soon as he was signed, we're like, why? Why? You are asking for it. You're not even... The, the season hasn't even started. They haven't even announced who all the teams are. And he's already quit, re-signed, caused problems. They're already denying like anything's going on. They're, he's claiming that he's throwing games still, which is what got him throwing. in trouble before. Yeah, yeah so, it's just soft throw. Like, how, how do you... What's, what's the soft throw? I'm sorry. Um, that, never mind. That's, that's what happens <laughs> post the Japanese porn game. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, we should probably move on. If I say all that. the bad jokes, at least you will get to keep your job. <laughs> Wait, why are you sticking me with this show? Uh, so, uh, in, in keeping with bad taste, uh, earlier this week, uh, Blizzard was accused of blackface on the South Korean Overwatch stream. So it was during an Overwatch broadcast on the official Blizzard Twitch stream, a presenter applied blackface maca, ma- makeup woo, words uh, to a caster and, and content creator, um, uh, Binbon, and the segment was part of their Overwatch livestream event featuring a cosplay uh, with him as Doomfist. Now, when it comes, I mean, this is this is Korea, right? It was based in, in South Korea. Uh, when it comes to understanding different cultures, I mean, should there be more forgiveness for people just being plain ignorant of what's a- offensive in other countries? But I think there's also some stuff that Korea has actually with blackface itself, if I'm correct. I'm also ignorant to what theirs is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, also, I'm ignorant to their ignorance. I have no idea what's going on. So this is bad timing in general because there's oh, been well, this. I yeah. mean, not that there's ever a good time to be clear, but blackface has already been brought back into the media very recently right. with what's her name, Megan Kelly or whatever on NBC, who made a comment about it. Yeah, and that has got people all all certainly like thinking about that as a topic. Somebody at Blizzard should have their shit together enough to know to not let this happen. Like, even if you take it from like, okay, South Korea, maybe they don't aren't aware of how this is offensive or whatever the case may be. Somebody, if this is going to go onto the official Blizzard stream where it can be seen all over right. the world, has to know not to put this on here. I I don't know. Like I feel like and, and from the research that we did this is not a new concept to South Koreans. Even. No, like, this no. is something that they are culturally aware of, even if they don't necessarily understand all of the history that it has had in the U.S. It still seems to have a negative connotation, even for them. So it just, I, I get it, right? The goal here was not to be racist. It was to create the Doomfist character. And, but cosplay, one of the great things about cosplay, and something that has become a big deal in cosplay, especially at BlizzCon, is race-bending, gender-bending characters, and it just being cool, right? Like, it can just be in, you know, a South Korean Doomfist, and that's not, you know, a big thing. And in here, they try to go very, very accurate with the character, and it seems to have backfired. Yeah. See, this is why I'm sticking to uh, Echo as being my my cosplay face i'm just no no no. i'm just gonna cover myself in milk (laughs) 
that's it. That's it. Whoa. Uh, but no, I mean, I think it's, um, yeah, definitely in bad taste. Doesn't really matter where you are. Um, obviously, the internet, the world itself is pretty, uh, pretty much done with that. And <laughs> you did it. Imagine on, that. And you did it on a, a, a official stream. Like, ooh, tough stuff. That, that person's probably not going to have a job. BlizzCon esports has been something that we have. I love. Do you love the transition there? <laughs> Just BlizzCon Esports. BlizzCon Esports. Keep it a positive. So BlizzCon Esports has been a very interesting topic around the studio for the past few weeks. It used to be the epitome of almost every Blizzard Esport. They all took place at BlizzCon. Over the past few years, that has slowly dwindled down. We saw Hearthstone go away. We saw effectively Overwatch go away, though it never really officially took place at BlizzCon outside of the World Cup, but we do not see the Overwatch League take place there so it's always interesting to see how that changes both the audience that happens at BlizzCon as well as the numbers that come out of it. And we've got the breakdown from this year's viewership across BlizzCon esports. There's some interesting things here. So the most watched esports event of the weekend was unsurprisingly the Overwatch World Cup. 2.19 million hours watched in two days of airtime with an average concurrent viewership of 107.2. One thing to point out real quickly here is we just got done watching our LCS and anecdotally peaked somewhere in the 160 to 180 concurrent range just on the u.s stream that we were watching the warcraft channel had the third highest ccv and the max ccv at the event with 42.9 and 117.7 respectively both significantly higher than the 2017 event starcraft unsurprisingly had a nice bump we obviously had the whole like first non-korean to win situation right Hearthstone continues to circle the drain <laughs> from an esports perspective. They dropped to 43 and a half, uh, 435.1K, while the airtime grew to 26.5. And in the last two years in the esport event of BlizzCon, Hearthstone's viewership has dropped considerably. Uh, the second least watched, I believe, at the event. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the most consistent year over year has been Heroes of the Storm, though they've been consistently mediocre. Um, they were the second least watched game at the event behind Hearthstone in terms of hours watched. It attained 539.2K hours across twenty or 19 hours of airtime. Is it crazy to think that maybe in the next two to three years, the most watched esport at BlizzCon could very well be World of Warcraft? So we know that they're going to throw a lot more behind World of Warcraft this coming year. And that's largely because there's nobody else competing in that space with them, right? There's if you not. think of Overwatch, there are so many other first-person shooters going on right now that are arguably doing better uh, in terms of uh, viewership, just from numbers, e yeah. viewership numbers. Um, StarCraft Two is just... There's nobody else really doing it, but it's also not a huge North American market. It's largely South Korea. Correct. And the fact that it did well was largely because it had someone who was not a, from South Korea. And we saw this with Worlds, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be the best esports. You just have to you just have to have a good narrative. You have to re have a reason to watch. And like we were super excited to watch it because we wanted to see, you know, the, the chance that somebody would make history essentially, um, or or break a a long run. <laughs> of non-South Korean people always losing. Uh, the other thing is, the interesting thing here, to use your word interesting, is that interesting. of all of these, um, really Heroes of the Storm was the one that was like the heaviest weighted one. Now, you you had your WoW Arena stuff, which has, has historically not done well. Yep. The... Uh, the dungeon run stuff is doing well for them, but that's a very short window. Like I wouldn't call that a seasoned esport yet. No, 
But Heroes is, and Heroes did not do well. Uh, Hearthstone, we know why, because I don't even know what the hell went on. There's, I don't even know why they're there. They basically wasted an entire room of the convention center by putting that giant it, stage it should, there. Next year, that room will be World of Warcraft. It I can be. guarantee it. Now, if not, I'm going to go down there when I need a nap. <laughs> right? I don't know why. Anyways. Uh, and they also have the Dark Moon Fair there, too, which we like go right into it. Um, so I, I think it, it doesn't... It surprised me uh, now now I think about it because Warcraft doesn't have any kind of competition. Nobody's doing that. And that is key audience for them. They, If you look at all these other games that are running simultaneously, they're somewhat cannibalizing each other, right? Yep. In, in a lot of ways, um, or could be. But but Warcraft is just their bread and butter still. They still make it. You have to remember, though, it's not at its peak as it used to be. It is still a ton of revenue for them because all those X million of players that are playing the game right now are paying a subscription fee, right? You're not relying on microtransactions and the inconsistencies that I can bring. They're also paying microtransactions. They're also paying microtransactions on top of the fact that they're paying subscription. So I think that is a very big deal. And I think people are starting to realize, in fact, you know, the next story we have is from Method and the co-owners of Method around this very particular topic. Yeah, Method uh, co-owner was uh, wants Blizzard to officially put some weight uh, behind Warcraft as an eSport, at least uh, in particular the Raid Race. And uh, as we had mentioned, it, it was standing room only during that event yep. at BlizzCon. Other stages were like ghost towns, um, and it was you, – you couldn't even get close to it enough to even hear it. It was that, that crowded. Yeah. And – uh, my question for you is, you know, why is it taken this long for esports to recognize it, it, the interest and in, in the excitement of WoW's race? Like, why is it taken so long for people to realize, like, this could be this is a competitive thing that is fun to watch? Because it doesn't fit the format of a traditional esport, right? Like, it is twenty v twenty, right? Depending on the raid that we're going for. And it's largely not able to be played over LAN, right? It's hard to, like, bring... Think about it, right? If I had to bring 10 raid teams to compete against each other in a small tournament, that would be challenging. And it's in a very non-esport-related game in World of Warcraft. Like, the arena is the closest they've gotten, and as you mentioned earlier, has struggled to really find an audience. It's been more of, like, a cool PvP distraction for people who play WoW, but has never really taken off as an esport it is crazy when you think of how long it has been under their noses because this is right. not a new concept. They have done something similar to this, maybe not in such an official competitive capacity, at BlizzCon for a very long time. You remember back in the day when they'd announce a raid, they would have Method like do right. a raid as like a showcase. Like Watch them take on the first raid of this new expansion. And so it has always had a place at BlizzCon. I just don't think until Twitch came along that they really understood what they had on their hands. And we have talked about the numbers that the Mythic Dungeon Invitational has brought for them. And right. you go, shit. Like, yeah. why have we been ignoring this and screwing around with Arena for so long? Well, what's funny, too, is you mentioned that uh, until Twitch came along, but it really was had its roots before that, where the whole world for first runs, right? They, all these groups want to be world first. And what would have been great at any big, especially during our wild heydays is like being able to watch other people do those runs and, yep. and learn things and, and understand like, could you imagine 
the, again, the, well, you can now. The world first attempts going on simultaneously. You're able to toggle between streams and see who's actually going to get it. Yep. Like that's really really cool, especially if you're into <laughs> into making tiny tiny little noises like that. That was so cute, Brian. <laughs> anyway, try to stifle a hiccup. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Why did you wink while you did it? Um, <laughs> um, but I think it's I I I think it's because it wasn't really like pushed as an esport it's more accepted it's just it's a, more natural more sport, right? yeah yeah it's yeah. it's really easy you just watch a bunch of shiny stuff going on but but the things that they put in place to make it competitive has really helped and i think method has yeah. driven that and i he's asking for it we know it's coming blizzard would be just absolutely stupid exactly and this has been method since 2005 when they became a guild has been the go-to guild for this type of thing right they were always competing for world firsts so remember back in the day when we used to just watch it via the forums or via third-party sites that like track the progress there was no way to like watch them actually do it outside of blizzcon which is why it got so much popularity there but Overall, yeah, two thumbs up. Like, if we are not talking about the MDI through all of next year and it being one of the biggest events at BlizzCon, that Blizzard has screwed the pooch on this one because yeah. this is super obvious. Uh, speaking of Blizzard screwing the pooch on things, man, we're so harsh on Blizzard. I, uh, sorry, Blizzard. I, we have Blizzard. We we have we we like Blizzard. They just it's, it's been a rough been, week. It's been a rough two weeks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. uh Activision Blizzard stock has dropped an estimated 10% after their quarter three earnings report was made public. While the estimated revenue for the company was in line with their projections of $1.66 billion for the quarter, a drop in monthly active users for the third straight quarter turned out to be a cause for concern for some. Some also believe, and this is my question to you, does the Diablo announcement or the fiasco around it potentially also weighing heavy on investors' minds? I think it does somewhat. Uh, so for the month, I believe at the time of this recording, it's actually down thirty percent. Uh, yeah, it's a rough drop. Now, uh, full disclosure: I actually own Blizzard stock because Ruh-ruh. I, I, yeah, well, I got caught up in that too. Now I know why you ate White Castle for dinner. Exactly right. Why well, bartered for it? Um, uh, anyways. Uh, I, I believe Blizzard has a great vision in in what they do. I think they do they create quality product where they when they're doing it. The thing is, is Blizzard has historically st- struggled with some community stuff. They have great followings, but they had a hard time doing PR. That has changed. They do a great job of PR now. Yep. But the thing that they are not used to is the amount of eyes that are on them now because of Overwatch, because of all these different things around, like being involved with Activision, um, the higher profile stuff because of uh, the sponsorship deals and Overwatch. And Mm -hmm. so now they have like everybody and their mother uh, looking at them and they're just under more scrutiny than they were before. And I think that's where they're struggling because they're not used to that. Like this thing that happened at BlizzCon where they announced Diablo, they were not used to that backlash. Like, that was really uncomfortable for them. And so the reasons why this drop uh, partially was because of the Diablo stuff. They, they did drop mm-hmm. almost right away because of so Diablo. 7% within the wake of the announcement and the reaction. Yeah. And that was uh, – and even someone who was uh, – I can't remember what, uh, what firm they're with was saying that it just shows that Blizzard's not in tune with their audience. Yeah. I don't 100% believe that. I think they were – we've talked about that. Yeah, I think it's less about them being in tune with the audience and more about it does indicate to the market that there is this billion-dollar mobile market 
that outside of Hearthstone, Blizzard may not actually be able to tap into. Right. And so the other thing that uh, really did kind of bite them is they they announced their earnings. And their earnings, while well, they made the revenue, they beat earnings slightly. I think it was like uh, earnings per share was like $0.52 cents per share versus 50 which was their target. But the revenue forecast um, was weakened a little bit. I think they, they loaded a little bit. And they also lost subscriber base, mm-hmm. which we know. Now, under Activision Blizzard, isn't just Blizzard. Correct. There is also... Uh, I believe King, which does Candy Crush, which has been bleeding people like crazy. What, you mean you can't make a hit mobile game and live off of it forever? Right. Evidently, people just stop playing it. But So I think that's where some of those numbers are, are coming down. And Black Ops 4 is not done as well as they hoped it would in the long term. No, well, and Destiny 2 is struggling. Well, okay, Destiny 2 is, is, is struggling. Black Ops has where blizzard wanted it has exceeded where blizzard wanted but did not exceed where the market wanted them yep. to hit with That's it all the which is why they they were expected to be like the biggest thing ever right yep. because it used to be and it also had a ton of hype going into it too right right so it did in- extremely well for them like i said they beat their target but the market it doesn't care 100 percent all time if you if you beat it it's like what what's the general feeling and the general feeling right now is like mm, maybe like 60 percent keep 40% maybe you should dump this? I mean, if you really think about it, so let's just look at it from the Blizzard corner of the world first. You have a game in Overwatch, which is starting to get long in the tooth, has not had any major content releases that would drive a good spike in revenue beyond just what we see from the microtransactions. There's been no ex- major expansion DLC, things of that nature. Yeah, Growth true. in that game has dropped dr- pretty dramatically. World of Warcraft is now coming off an expansion release, which means that it's probably a while before we see another spike in that game. StarCraft Two, I mean, what are the yeah. whatever money you're making from the from the general commander packs, right? That's basically it. Now we know there's no Diablo, at least for the foreseeable future, outside of this mobile game. We have no idea what the monetization strategy is around Immortal. Right. Hearthstone is struggling clearly, and something else we haven't talked about is. The people running the company are turning over pretty dramatically. And that goes around Hearthstone. That goes around the company in general. There's been a decent amount of churn at the top of Blizzard over the last couple of years. All of these things go to shaking the market's confidence. And then you throw in what is going on with Destiny 2. There is, you know, an often overlooked part of BlizzCon that, that we aren't talking enough about is the fact that for the first time, somebody from an Activision title came to BlizzCon right. to peddle their game by enticing people with free Destiny 2 because the game is not doing as well as they hoped it would. They're and trying to draw booed. people over it. Yeah, he definitely, it was some grumbling. I mean, not nearly as bad as Diablo people got booed, but definitely got booed. So Black Ops 4, even if it beat the market's expectations, which it has not, has to prop all the rest of that up. Tall order, and it's clearly not working. I'm not calling doom and gloom here, but we are definitely in a down period for Blizzard right now. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's I, I wouldn't say it's doom and gloom at all. I, I still think they they have uh, a lot of integrity. They do fine work. Um, I think it's just uh, they're in a, in a state of flux, and they're it's they're in a space that I don't think they've ever been in. You know, right? I mean, they've never felt like. Oh man, we we our leadership is shuffled. We're kind of, and not only that, but they're they're kind of caught out in public with their pants down in some ways, right? Like it's just an awkward moment, and it's in front of everybody. Yep. They don't get to hide it. Like typically, these I'm sure like these things have played out, but they've been 
you know, they've been recluses. They they haven't been under the scrutiny of everybody. Nope. Um, and, and you have nothing in the franchises that they have in their portfolio to distract from it right now. Right. And but I mean, if you look at it, uh, you know, coming up, Hearthstone does have a new expansion coming out, which will, sure which apparently well. has six cards in it. Well. Uh, that was the other thing too. They kind of they, they tried to push things out with the hundred million users thing. They tried to kind of amp up the rhetoric a little bit about we're doing really really well. I think because they thought there was going to be a, a soft earnings call. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just I, I get it. I, I get that they're in a, a rough spot. Um, but they've they like I said that one slide. They just put one slide at the end of Diablo. It would have saved them like something like t- millions, millions upon millions upon Seven percent millions of dollars. Is a lot. Yeah. yeah, millions of dollars. Crazy. Just one little slide with a logo. Yep, I know. Now, one place they could probably stand to spend less money, at least in the Esports Observer's opinion, is in Professional Heroes of the Storm. So this is an article that came out in the Esports Observer this week talking about how something Blizzard might consider doing is dropping Heroes of the Storm as an officially supported esport and allow the third-party ecosystem to pick it up, similar to what we've seen take place between Valve and the Dota Pro Circuit. Is this something Blizzard should consider, or will Heroes of the Storm just die on the vine without Blizzard support? I, I think that even though uh, Heroes of the Storm numbers haven't like taken like a, a huge dip, they just haven't been growing, right? And you have to look at something that even when you've been putting the effort into it, they they started doing payouts for franchises and it yep. still just isn't happening people aren't coming back um that these these teams that uh, historically were there that they left before franchising they didn't jump back on board when they when you say hey we'll just pay their wages they're still not there yeah you literally are still just getting largely small heroes of the storm only organizations despite the fact that it has the same level of franchising support at least as far as like not maybe financially but as far as like official blizzard support as the overwatch league and that's actually one of the things I think is, is pretty neat about it. It's just not all the same usual esports teams that are in it. And that's cool because it could allow a franchise to kind of be spawned from there. And if there was an – I would rather see them put less uh, less money into trying to run these things and let it go third party, let it get in on something like the dream hacks and so on and so forth. Uh, if, and – and then put that money towards bigger prize pools or help backing it like Valve does. Yep. I think that's it's a smarter thing. And I'm telling you, uh, if there was ever a week to, that that was probably going to happen, it's after these. It's it's this one because the last two weeks have been pretty brutal. And if you're looking at soft earnings, you know the revenues kind of maybe taking a little bit of a dip. You're going to start cutting corners or cutting back budgets. And we know that. These guys have been on that block for a little while. I, I like Heroes of the Storm. But does the game actually get the third-party support it needs? Like, would Blizzard still have to say, That's the other thing, too. I don't know that it would do it organically. I feel like you'd have to come out of the gate and say, we have partnered with ESL for the next season of Heroes of the Storm. We're changing the format. And basically, quietly put it off the pasture with third parties and hope that ESL can make something of it. Well, and this, okay, so this is the other part of that coin is like when you take a game and you franchise it and you in-house everything and you and you kill all third party how do you give it back right i don't know that you do yeah and i don't know if anybody's willing to take it on now it works in terms of like valve and and dota because of the international and the amount of money in the international and all these third parties things they're also backing them and helping them yeah and the third party existed already they're just backing them and making it stronger where in this case blizzard killed the third-party ecosystem to bring us the HGC, which has largely, in my opinion, not been worth the investment. Again, it's not about the game. 
It's not even about what the game is watches in esports. The numbers don't lie. The amount of people and manpower and money invested in Heroes of the Storm is just doesn't warrant it the pop you know versus the popularity of it as an esport but i think you're kind of stuck with it at this point unless you want to say we will kill heroes of the storm as an esport so i i know we want to maybe move on to this next topic but i we're on overwatch requiring a full reinstall but i i I want to stick on this uh here's a storm thing a little bit longer what if instead of not just the monetary backing my my, yeah i'm calling an audible right now um what if they backed it more like Capcom backs were? Like you've got the the points lead up to a bigger event. It doesn't necessarily mean they turn it fully over to to third party. They still have like their big event at BlizzCon, but points are earned throughout the year through third parties. So again, Capcom is a probably a really good example. I, I think you again, like I think you look to an ESL and you say, hey. Would you guys host four major events for us? Like, let's give people the capstone events because you can't do it on your own because all you have is BlizzCon. So work with ESL or work, you know, do it at IEM or something of that nature and say, these are your four, you know, majors for the year and the grand finals take place at BlizzCon and here's $5 million for a prize pool. That might work. With the absence of that, if you're literally just going to say, hey, third parties, do your thing, it's not going to happen. Right. So I, there still has to be some investment by Blizzard. I would, And I don't know the numbers that are going on behind the scenes, but I would hope that it would be cheaper long run for them to even double the prize pool available to the HGC but hand it off to ESL in some licensing deal than right. it would be. Because if, if you can entice ESL to pay you for that license, then it might actually work. But I think that's the only way it works. Yeah, I, I I think it it makes some sense. The only thing that uh, it kind of feels like a cart before the horse kind of thing or chicken before, before the egg. It's hard to tell whether or not you get teams to come back in and and buy into this if with you I think not we running. Barely survive as is. So well, I was say, is it is it just on life support? Is it time to just let it go? Is it, I mean there will be no HDC in three years. I I at this rate there is no reason for it to happen if if it's not growing. Um, I mean, there's one thing if it, you're able to monetize it more and it was staying stagnant like or even dipping like League of Legends did. Right. But they're making banks still on it. Yep. And I don't think it gets I don't think they get to your proposed theory of an overall Blizzard Esports League in a time frame that matters to Heroes of the Storm. Ooh, that's a pretty, pretty bold statement. That's your uh, two two characters at BlizzCon announcement. Yeah. Wow. I, I just don't think it happens. Like if I'm if I'm the Philadelphia Fusion, for example, I'm far more interested in investing in one or two players for Hearthstone than I am propping up an entire Heroes of the Storm team in a league no one gives a crap about. <laughs> right, right. So I, I kind of uh, jumped you that already previewed one. it. Go ahead. Yeah, so we might as well talk about it. Uh, in a recent blog post, Blizzard said uh, that in the next patch, uh, for Overwatch, it will require a full reinstall. And they're a little worried. They're trying to give people a heads up because some people are on like metered connections. Um, they say that the number of backend changes that we're putting in is substantial enough that we can't just patch over the current content efficiently. So, do you feel that uh, Blizzard or at least gaming companies in, in general uh, have to announce these things ahead of time, or would it be better if they just didn't at all? I mean, I'm glad they're doing it because it's very easy for us to look at it U.S.-centric, right, where we don't have to worry as much about our data caps. But in, like a lot of other countries, there are very harsh data caps or metered connections, whatever the case may be, and you could be blocked out of playing Overwatch for 
weeks potentially depending on how big the download ends up being i think the more interesting thing here is what's coming right we've seen this with like world of warcraft right where it's like oh we need to do a whole new reinstall because we've made some key changes for this thing we're working on and clearly we're getting close to something you know we've heard some rumblings under the surface about a potential you know big expansion for overwatch we know they have a significant number of heroes in the works they said six including the two that we know about ash being one that's already released plus echo so we could see some sort of mini expansion coming out and this represents like a good point in time for them to make these optimizations system-wide but overall i think it's a good idea got a blizzard I'm I'm laughing. I'm laughing because every time Hearthstone updates, it's a full install. Well, that's just inefficient crap. <laughs> I know. I just I think it's funny because every time there's like a, a Blizzard patch, everybody goes to like the Reddit and the forums. Like, do we really have to download another two gigs onto my phone? So to play over or to play Hearthstone on your phone, you have to have double the amount of space. Just about because every time they patch, it requires like a full another download of the game. Yeah, it took them like a year to optimize the game for the iPhone 10. So. And maybe, 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 maybe they're shifting Overwatch over to Unity. I'm just no, kidding. God no. Uh, the other thing that Blizzard is doing, which is they are just running with the uh, the marketing when it comes to Overwatch. Blizzard has released an entire album of Lucio's music called Synthesizer Auditiva. Good lord. Uh, after just releasing his own brand of cereal at BlizzCon, Lucio owes the company just published an entire album of his music. It uh, features entirely electronic style music, which he's known for in the Overwatch Lord universe and similar to the beats Lucio plays while in game. There are 11 songs in total. The album is free to download on the website Lucio Music. The website takes you to a page that lists each song in order as well as a big picture of his new serial. So this seems to be co-branded with the serial part of that marketing campaign. Are you more excited for Lucio O's? Or are you excited to see Lucio take on Ninja in the album charts? <laughs> if either of these show up in the album charts, I will be. We've sad. reached peak esports, my friend. Yeah, yeah, uh, that would be really, really weird. Man, we could actually be talking about that in a couple of weeks. I, I think, mean, when the drops. what what happens if Ninja and Drake go online to promote the new? Oh, I Ninja thought they had a fall on out. Didn't he like stop following Ninja on Instagram or something I can't like that? Keep track of all the stupid drama. Yeah, I'd rather be eating cereal. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Far less dramatic to eat some Lucio O's than it is to keep up with Ninja's celebrity crushes. Right now, when it does come to peaks, uh, let's talk a little bit about Fortnite this week, breaking a their own record. Blizzard story. A non-Blizzard story. Let's change it. Let's, let's, we, we've 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 had our foot on their throat for like the entire show. Well, they're we already to... never inviting us back to BlizzCon. So I know, but again, we. When I thought I prefaced it with like we're we, we're Blizzard fanboys in a lot of cases, we're overcompensating. Um, yes, so people don't think we're biased. Right. Anyways, uh, so yeah, Fortnite uh, reportedly reached a a milestone of eight point three million concurrent players. Uh, now this is largely because it became available in South Korea this week, which will should explain the the jumping in player count. Uh, the title re- previously. Had 3.4 million players on all Fortnite uh, platforms at, at once. That's PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in February, which uh, which also caused massive server issues. So we've seen it. We we saw like this kind of dip in in, in Fortnite's numbers leading up to this. Um, it, do you think is is this the final peak of Fortnite? Is will 8.3 ever be broken now? Um, no. So first off. This is really the last big market for them to go into, right? Right. They're already they're already doing their thing in China. Uh, I think what will be interesting is to keep an eye on the PC bong numbers in South Korea because those you know 
tend to be a good indicator of how the longevity of a game we'll see how that plays out it, it was you know a big deal when overwatch dominated those charts for a while before league of legends eventually came back and took it over so we'll see how this ends up holding up i think this is just natural uh, the one good thing that is happening here for Fortnite that it didn't say happened to PUBG is this is not because some other game is coming eating their lunch right there's not a new game that is dominating twitch numbers for example it is just that like the game has probably reached its peak popularity and it's going to slowly dwindle and that's fine it's natural like it's going to happen um i don't know what fort and then maybe and this is me not having the foresight to see i don't know what epic does to rekindle that dramatic of an interest in Fortnite. it's not that it's not possible i mean clearly games like league of legends have grown to absurd numbers we've seen blizzard be able to revive world of warcraft in a few ways i just feel like the battle royale genre in general is just only has so much to it like you have to do something really risky and really innovative to try to rekindle it and it's just as likely that another game will come along and do that before epic figures out what to do with that with Fortnite. but we'll see I think what uh, the the best strategy can uh, implement is to squash all these smaller tournaments that are attempting to have tournaments on your Friday. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that's My about Friday. all I have to add to that. I, I don't really, uh, I well, I do agree with you on that. I think the South Korean numbers are, are probably where it's going to peak. Um, it won't hold steady. I don't see it bouncing past that. That's cra- That's a huge leap. It is hugely, but primarily because of a launch in South Korea. I think I don't think they'll immediately died down i think south korea is is in it for a haul on this one um it will probably stay in that like, seven range for a little while longer i think uh, but yeah congrats to them that's crazy that no wonder they got a what 10 billion dollar yeah like, oh by right? the way and we still need to launch in south korea <laughs> yeah done pretty big deal uh blizzard is back at it with the overwatch league announcements now we uh, last week i believe it was got a wonderful preview of some of the most epic esports logos on the planet we assumed that they were real it turns out so far that they are this week we got to see the guangzhou charge and the paris eternal officially be announced what was interesting though that you pointed out is the eternal got a much Inch more in-depth treatment i guess from blizzard we didn't get just you know the usual like here's the hype video here's a couple players but nate nanzer actually showed up at a fan activation event in paris around the reveal of the eternal yeah i think that probably speaks more to paris eternal being on point and and setting up the event than it does actually i mean it did have blizzard. just a sexy logo yeah yeah well nobody showed up in blackface so therefore it probably wasn't official um sorry wow. man wow <laughs> that was pretty brutal you even made yourself cringe with that. i know I, the, the words came out of my mouth and i was just like oh, i'm sorry everybody a nasty email from uh people. however i i think uh having nanza there making the announcement which was also somewhat glossed over in most articles was that uh, they're officially bringing sundays to the fold like they yep. they kind of tinkered with that in the latter half of last year i think mm-hmm. they started maybe like around like january ish um right. yep. somewhere around there and uh but they continued to do it because they started working out well for them um, but that is a a final final thing for them now they, it's, it's official i i think it again they, they had some cool stuff going on you um you had uh players could play against uh, the the roster and i think largely it's it's due to the fact that they announced their roster early they officially announced their branding so they've just they did a pretty they were on point with almost everything maybe except for the gallic cock logo that they decided to 
adopt. And I don't I don't understand what's going on with the the actual eternal branding itself, which looks like it was like left over at a different font than the rest of the logo and beyond the branding situation which we've always been kind of up and down when it comes to the overwatch league you're right like super on point we know the roster the roster is majority french all european players that are owning the regionality and that may also be a reason why blizzard and mr nanzer have gotten behind this because this may be as far as they're concerned the epitome of how they view the regionality piece supposed to work so it is an opportunity to not only go and be a part of this, but show, like, look, here are your players from France. This is not, hey, London, here's all your South Korean players, which is what we largely got with the Spitfire. So this is the first true all-European team in Europe. Yeah, and also uh, the Eternal are owned by, uh, like, a subsidiary of McCourt Group, uh, McCourt Global. I think they're called DM Esports. So it is an esports organization who is already behind this, so they are essentially... Uh, pretty much aware of how events should go, and it's good. It's, Hopefully, they'll it's pay good. their players. Yeah, it, they, you know what? Maybe, maybe they'll even show up to the preseason. <laughs> that is true. Get the well. Luckily, they're all EU players, so they should have a much easier time on the visa front. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. As always, you can catch us every Monday and Thursday on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're over there on iTunes, tell us what you think of the show by leaving a five-star review. People have been putting in work. We are just netting new reviews like every week. You sound... I'm excited. Are, 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 you shilling? are you shilling? I am shilling hard. Bogbars <laughs> this week uh, hit us up with a five-star review, so thumbs up to Bogbars. I mean, he's not Mr. Fistifer, but, you know. Oh, that's, that's – yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah, stuck same. with you. But, no, we really we really appreciate all the feedback, and it's awesome that people are enjoying the new format and the new show. Keep them coming. We need you to juice them algorithms so that uh, Seven can at least keep his job when I get fired for all my off-color comments. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Just if we can skip the last half of this show, I think I might be safe. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. You, I, I, you've, you've made it. Basically, you've just ruined the whole show. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm here for. Come back next week. It'll just be the intro music and nothing else. You can follow us, as always, on Twitter and Instagram at E-League Podcast. Or if you want to uh, say goodbye to us as we are uh, escorted out the door by security, you can do that over at Discord.E-LeagueReport.com. They have to know we're here first. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Luckily, we are at the uh, at the Cloud9 party right now, so they'll be looking in the closet and we won't be there. Right. See? Look at that. Uh, and if that's not enough esports content for you, be sure to check out the newly minted i see newly minted it's not really newly minted anymore but the e-league daily podcast for the day's top headlines available as an amazon echo flash briefing or in regular old podcast format Whew. good week knock on wood we will be back <laughs> on thursday <laughs> god willing for the midweek edition of the e-league.